Hello and welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church here in Maryville, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week, as well as our conversations episodes, which include interviews, special announcements, and in-depth teaching. You can visit vineyardchurch.us to learn more about us or to access the audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. So I knew today was going to be a good day. I woke up this morning, and I was like, God, give me a sign. You know, got to speed today. I'm always nervous. Give me a sign that's going to be a good service today. And the sign was this. I opened up my sock drawer. Wasn't no socks in there. I said, oh, Lord, help me. So I went to the laundry room, opened up the dryer, and two socks fell out. Matching socks fell out. Didn't have to go through, the, go through the dryer. I don't know about y'all, but in my house, we got a sock monster and a toilet paper monster in the house. So I was like, I know I'm not going to find no socks. My wife was over asleep. She gave me that look like, you better not get me up to try to find you no socks. God is good. He was looking out for me. Didn't have to find no socks. So there's two ways that I like to read my Bible, two basic ways. For me, this is, just, this is just AJ, how I like to read. One way when I read my scriptures, I like to read it as on the outside looking in. Another way I like to read it is like I'm there. Like I'm walking with my Jesus sandals on, with dirty toes, and I'm walking through the scriptures. So I try to read it two ways. So when I was asked to speak, um, I prayed. I said, God, give me something different that... I've read a lot, but I want to get a different perspective on it. And it was in John chapter 3, and which is Nicodemus. A lot of people know the story of Nicodemus. But when I was reading it, I said, give me something different that I haven't got, gotten out of it before. And so he did. So I'm just going to jump right into it. And I want to speak on the part of being in a dark place, but still being able to see the light. Okay. So if we know the story of Nicodemus, we know that Nicodemus came at night and Jesus responds to Nicodemus that in order to see the kingdom of God, that you must be born again. OK, so he comes at night, maybe because he didn't want to be seen. A lot of scholars go back and forth with it. He was a teacher, you know, and nobody really knows why he came at night. We have our opinions on why he came at night, but he was coming to go see this Jesus guy. Okay, but as soon as Jesus started to speak to Nicodemus, Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, not as just this Jesus guy. He didn't speak just as a normal human being. He spoke to Nicodemus as the Messiah. He spoke to Nicodemus's heart. Now, how do I know this? Listen to this. He goes up. Nicodemus goes up, says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform these signs, signs you are doing. If God were not with him, Jesus replied, verily, verily, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So Nicodemus asked Jesus something, but Jesus' response has nothing to do with what he asked him because he's speaking to Nicodemus's heart. Instantly, I believe that Nicodemus is like, whoa, this is this is something different right here. So Nicodemus knew that there was something different about this Jesus guy. But at this particular moment, he didn't realize he was face to face with God in the flesh. So up to this point, Nicodemus has heard about the light. 
Now he's seen the light. And once you see the light, you can either do two things once you see the light of Jesus. You can either accept it or you can reject it. Now, here's the deal about when you see that light. It's going to be life-changing whichever route you go. Here's the deal. If you accept it and you say yes to Jesus, yes to his ways, you say yes to his grace, you're saying yes to his mercy, you're saying yes to his love, easy, right? You're just saying yes to Jesus, I just want to follow you, easy, right? But if you reject it, you spend a lifetime in darkness, running from grace, dodging his mercy, denying his love, trying to prove the falseness of Jesus, and honestly, that's just flat out exhausting. People that try to deny Jesus and don't want to accept his light and his love, they spend a lifetime trying to prove that Jesus ain't real. They try to spend a lifetime, and it's exhausting. It really is. It's exhausting. John chapter 3, verse 19, it says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Light has come into this world. But a lot of us love our dark ways more than we love the light of Jesus. Mm. I had to, I'm t- and a lot of this I'm talking to myself, okay? Keep in mind, I'm painting this picture with Nicodemus here. See, we'll spend the time trying to justify our sin, trying to stay in a dark place, instead of accepting the truth of Scripture, the love of Jesus, and understanding the absolute truth starts right here in the word of God. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Absolute truth starts here and it ends here. We got, it doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what the news and CNN and everything else. It doesn't matter. Absolute truth starts right here and it ends right here in the word of God. But instead, what we do, a lot of us, and we all get caught up in it. If you say you don't, I'm going to pop you in the back of the neck. We all get caught up in it, okay? We'll listen to what the world says. We'll try to justify the lies in our head, which will lead you from Jesus deeper into darkness. And the deeper you go in dark, the darker it gets. And if you stay in darkness long enough, light starts to become foreign to you. And truth starts to sound like lies. And these lies impregnate you, and you give birth to even more lies. Kind of seems like what's going on in the world right now. The crazy thing is, in John, John 8, I think John 8 and 40-something, 44-something, Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. And when when he speaks lies, he speaks his native language. So think about this. The, The farther you go into a dark place, the more lies that impregnate you, and then you give more lies out. You're speaking, speaking the native language of the enemy. Mm. I don't want to speak his native language at all. But the good news is you don't have to stay in this dark place or even go to this dark place. Okay? Because the farther you go in darkness, you start to get ashamed. Your pride starts kicking in. You don't care about what other people think of you when you get in this place. The farther you go from the light, you don't care what other people think of you. And when somebody tries to speak some truth or speak some love into you and want to speak life into you, you get offended by it. We've all been there. Who are you to tell me what I need and not need to be doing? Verse, Verse 20 says, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But thank you, Jesus, 
for Psalm 103. And he says that he's forgiven our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's the, that's the love of Jesus. See, see, a lot of times we get in, people get into these dark places and they think, oh, my God, you're going to expose the things that I've been doing. You're going to tell everybody all this wrong. So don't talk to me. I don't want to hear anything you got to say. Nothing, because I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to expose me. No, no, no. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want to expose your sin. Jesus is forgiving your sins, forgiving them. It's love. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Here we go. I believe that Nicodemus came at night, not because he didn't want people to see it. I believe he came at night because Nicodemus was in a dark place. That's why I believe Nicodemus came at night. But when he heard the light, he seen the light, he came running to the light. Just because you're in a dark place doesn't mean you can't see the light and it doesn't mean you can't hear the light it doesn't mean that just because you're in a dark place verse 21 says but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have done what they have done as being done in the sight of God here's the thing Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life So Nicodemus is coming to what he looks at as this Jesus guy. But what Nicodemus didn't realize is that he was in somewhat of a dark place. And how I started to think about that is the fact that a lot of us don't realize how good we can feel because we don't know what good really feels like. Let me run that by you one more time. A lot of us really don't understand how good we can feel because we don't really understand what good feels like. So let me explain something about this light. Y'all keep hearing me speak about the light that I'm talking about. Okay, this light, I had to dig a little bit deeper for the definition. And I looked up the Greek word light, and it's to shine or to make manifest, especially by rays. I said, okay, sounds pretty good. This is not just a normal light. This is not just a surface type of light, not like these light, an artificial light. Okay, we're talking about the light of Jesus, a supernatural light. So I want to dig deeper in to this light. Okay, it says God is light because light has the extremely delicate, subtle, pure quality of truth and its knowledge together with the spiritual purity associated with it. This is all light. This is all the light that I'm talking about. That which is exposed to the view of all openly and publicly. Once you receive this light, people see the light coming out of you no matter what. You can't hide it. You can't hide this light. Here's the best part of it. The power of understanding, especially moral truth. That's all this light does. So when you, when you see the light of Jesus, when the light of Jesus gets into you, it responds to your darkness and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're filled with a supernatural joy, filled with a supernatural peace. You're filled with supernatural answers that you couldn't get in a dark place. And what seemed to be foolish starts to make sense. And what seemed to be foreign starts to look normal. And what seemed to be chaos starts to feel peaceful. All because you accepted the light of Jesus. Now, check this out. Check this out. Here's a picture of me. Here's a picture of me. Look at that. That's AJ. This is a picture of me 
I ain't going to tell you probably what was on my mind or what I was on. Got my Scarface shirt on. I was in the club. Having the time of my life. You couldn't tell me nothing. Having the time of my life. Thought that I was in a good place. Thought that I was in a great place. Crazy thing is, I was in the darkest place of my life. Darkness all around me. All I wanted to do was do things that were the total opposite of the word of God. And I was raised in church. You couldn't tell me nothing. I had a little money in my pocket. I had friends. I was kind of popular. I could go anywhere that I pleased. But the same place I took that picture, in my darkest place, I could still see the light. Let me explain that to you. The same place I took that picture is the same place that I experienced the light of Jesus. The same exact place that I took that picture. So I keep that picture as a reminder of me that no matter how dark it gets, no matter how depressed I can get, no matter how many lies that, G, that the devil can put in my head, that the light is always there and the light will go to the darkest places of your life and come pick you up. So I keep that picture as a reminder that in my darkest hours, in my midnights, that the love of Jesus was still looking at me, was still watching over me. And one night when I was sitting there in that club where I took that same picture, the light of Jesus was always there, and I finally seen it. Here's the kicker. The moment I seen it, I never walked back into that place. I walked out. Because I said yes to Jesus, I said yes to his love, I said yes to his grace, I said yes to his mercy, I said yes to the Holy Spirit, and I walked out. I thought I was feeling good until I finally felt what good really felt like. And once I felt what good really felt like, I was able to look back on that picture and say, oh my goodness, that was what I looked like, that was what I dressed like, that was what I acted like. Keep in mind, that was a while ago. I didn't even have a, oh, we're going around, I'm going to go to your brain, hair on my chin. But you couldn't tell me anything. And the crazy thing is when I think about the love of Jesus, when I think about his love, I'm reminded by a story. And some of y'all may know this story. It's about this judge. This judge had a son, right? You may know it, you may not. If you don't, it's a good story. So the judge had a son. And everybody knew this judge to be a strict judge. He went by the law firm. Whatever crime you committed, you committed it, and I'm going to sentence you to the maximum punishment no matter what. Well, here's the kicker to the story. The, son, the judge's son stole something from a store. The son got caught, got arrested. The son goes to court. The son goes in there. The judge, he's sitting on his I don't know what you want to call it, the chair where he's sitting behind. He's sitting there, and his son walks in, and he says, you've been found guilty of stealing. The maximum punishment for your crime is 11, day, 11 months, 29 days in the county jail for what you've done, unless you can pay back $1,000 of what you stole from the person sitting over there. Now, keep in, imagine this. The son's looking up. And his daddy, he says, Daddy, you know I ain't got that kind of money. Before he could even finish, the judge told him to shut up. I ain't your daddy right now. You refer to me as your honor. 
I'm the judge. And what I'm telling you right now is that what's what you have to pay unless you have, I mean, you have to go to jail unless you have that money to pay them back. Now, the judge is looking down at his son, and his son is looking up. The judge has tears and forming in his eyes, and everybody in the courtroom, they know that this judge don't play no games. This judge sends you to prison. This judge has no boundaries. And his, his tears start to well up, and his son is looking up at him. His son is like, man, I done messed up. It's over. You know, probably a little puny little boy knowing he can't do no time in jail. You know, he's like, oh, God, they're going to get me. So you know what the judge did? The judge took his robe off, set his robe down. You know, judges, they don't take their robe off. A judge walk in, you stand at attention when they come in. He took his robe off, and everybody out there, they're looking. What, oh, God, what is he going to do? Is he going to give him the beat him? You know, and what is he going to do? And the judge stepped down, and he put his arm around his son. And they both kind of wept a little bit. And he pulled pulled $1,000 out of his pocket, and he stuck it in the son's pocket. Then he walked back up, and he put his robe back on, and he sat back down. And he said, now, he turned back into the judge. He said, I told you, you got 11 months and 29 days of jail if you cannot pay back that man $1,000 for what you, what you stole. The little boy went over there. He gave the man the money back. And he, went, and he went on his way, and he looked at his son, and he said, don't. Don't do that no more. And he walked out, and everybody was flabbergasted. Oh, my God, I can't believe that, that, that he did that. Well, I'm saying all that to say this. That's the love of Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Basic things to, to accept Jesus and accept the light, the ABCs, accept, believe, and confess your sins. But what Jesus done, what what God done is he came down and he put his arm around us and gave us some grace. Now, here's grace. Grace is getting something that we don't deserve. The judge came down and gave his son, son something that he didn't deserve. He took it out of his own pocket and put it in his son's pocket. He gave his son some grace. And then he took the mercy himself. Jesus, they put a crown of thorns on his head. They nailed his, they nailed his feet, nailed his feet, nailed his hands. Also, we could have a choice. As God sat on his throne and he's looking down at all us knucklehead, stiff-necked people, tears were coming in his eyes. I could see God tears coming in his eyes. And he's, and we, and he's like, death is what we deserve. For the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But as those tears welled up in God's eyes, he came down. And he said, I'm going to wrap some flesh around me. And I'm going to put my arm around all humanity. I'm going to slip grace in their pockets. I'm going to slip some love in their pockets. I'm going to put the mercy on me. I'm going to put all their sin and everything on me. And I'm going to give you this. Now, here's the thing. He done all of that just so we could have a choice just to choose him and just to do the right thing. Here's the kicker. When the little boy had that $1,000 in his pocket, the judge did what? The judge went back up and sat down. 
The little boy could have took the $1,000 and ran off and done wrong. Instead, the little boy accepted what his father gave him, paid back for the sin that he done, and he went back and he didn't do it anymore. As far as the east is from the west, God is going to forgive our sins. And the crazy thing is that to understand this love, we must understand that God first loved us. This is, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved, but his love for us as he sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. While we were running around in our sin, while I was running around in my dark place, while you was running around in a dark place, and there's sometimes we get in a dark place right now, the light never stops pursuing us. The love never stops pursuing us. The grace never stops pursuing us. The mercy never stops pursuing us. And if we can walk around when we get in these places, just know that the love of Jesus, he has his arm around you. And every time we think that there's no turning back, oh, I messed up too much, oh, this is going to happen, he's constantly slipping love in our pockets, grace in our pockets, mercy in our pockets. He's constantly wiping away our tears. He's constantly giving us a supernatural peace and a supernatural joy. It's constant. It's constant with us. And, it's, and, and the thing about going into a dark place The deeper you go, the darker it gets. So if I'm going this way, it's getting darker. But if I turn around and look up, I can still see the light. I can still hear the light. See, here's the thing about the word of God. It never stops speaking to you. It never stops showing up in in your worst hour or your best hour. God is always in pursuit of you no matter what. He's always willing. He always has his hand out. No matter how far we think we hit, no matter matter how low we think we can go, he is too big, too wide, too low, too high to get around. So if you ever think this this, this Christian walk, this Jesus thing, you know, this this just ain't it. This this ain't it. I I think I'm going to go try another route. Well, this is what you're going to run into. You're going to run, you're going to try to run from a loving God that's never going to stop pursuing you. So you're going to have to dodge grace, run from mercy, deny his love, deny everything that he did, keep on trying to prove to the fact that this stuff, that it's too good to be true. And guess what? It's just flat out exhausting. Why why, why why would you want to live like that? It's exhausting. And Jesus is saying, <laughs> I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you the power. I'm just giving this to you. You, ain't, you don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because I love you. And so when I think about the love of Jesus and I think about Nicodemus, I believe that Nicodemus is kind of like a lot of people nowadays. Nicodemus knew the Bible Nicodemus knew the word because you can, but Nicodemus didn't know what good felt like until he encountered the true light. Then he was like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know that I was sick until I felt what good really felt like. 
And then if you go in the, in the, more in the scriptures, you will see Nicodemus took up for Jesus. You will know back a little farther, Nicodemus helped get Jesus prepared for his burial, all because he accepted the light. I'm here right now to tell y'all that the light of Jesus is real. The love of Jesus is real. And for years, I tried to run from it. For years, I tried to deny it. For years, I tried to hide from it. And for years, Jesus never stopped pursuing me. And all it took was for me, out of all of those years and all of that messing up and all that crazy stuff and all the stuff that I'd done wrong, I realized Jesus wasn't trying to expose, expose my sin. He just wanted to forgive me of my sin. At the moment I surrendered, I said, okay, God, let's see what you got. Instantly, just like that, the darkness was lifted from me. Isn't it crazy how light works? Because light and darkness can't be in the same place at the same time. If we cut the lights off right here, it'll be complete darkness. Boom, just like that. Couldn't even see that we'd be tripping over stuff. But if we flip the lights back on, just like that, darkness has to leave. It has to. It has to. Supernaturally, if you're dealing with any type of darkness in your life, I don't care what it is. I don't care what, how small it is, how big it is. At the very moment you call on the name of Jesus, it has to leave. It has to. It has to submit. And once you accept it, once you believe it, you confess your sins to Jesus Christ, instantly you feel change. Instantly your mind changes. Instantly your heart changes. Now, it's a process. It doesn't mean that you're going to feel this change and you're going to go walk on some water. Don't go try that. But instantly your heart's going to be changed. Instantly, your mind's going to be changed. Instantly, you're going to look at things a whole lot different, differently. Instantly, I'm, I'm telling you right now, when you start to see things differently, you start to realize, whoa, I, I, this is not as bad as I thought it was. And then you wonder, where did that come from? It didn't come from you, trust me. It came from the light of Jesus. And see, what Satan wants to do is he wants to impregnate us with his lies because that's his native language. And if we fall victim to those lies and we keep on trying to speak those lies out to make the, make the lies make sense, you can't make a lie make sense. You can't. A lie is going to be a lie and the truth is going to be the truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. The only way through the Father is through me. When I accepted that truth and I accepted that life, everything changed. As the band can come up, and I want you to just, at this time, I want you to just kind of reflect a little bit. You know, when I, when I realized, one, one thing that I really realized that really stuck with me is the fact that when I was in my darkest place, I thought that I was well. When I was in my darkest place, I thought that I felt good. And even when, after I got saved, I had some things that I would deal with, and I was like, well, this is okay. I'm good. I'm good, you know. But at the end of the day, I didn't really understand what good was until I really accepted Jesus and felt what good really feels like. And then at the moment that I actually felt what good really feels like, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Jesus just set the standard. This is how I'm supposed to feel? 
this is how he wants me to feel. This is how, this is how my mind is supposed to be. I'm supposed to rely, rely on him like this is, this is it right here. This is life. This is, what, this is the life that Jesus wants me to have. Whoa, the standard has been set. So now, when I fall short, because I do, I'm not perfect. When I do fall short, what's in my mind is that standard that Jesus set in my life on how I know that I can feel. Whether through a death in my family, whether through financial stuff, whether I didn't pick my underwear up at the floor and my wife got mad at me. It don't matter. Jesus set that standard because I said yes. And when you, when you feel that standard and you feel that life and you feel that truth and you feel it, it's two things. You can accept it or reject it. But when you feel it, you can never unfeel it. And once you feel it and you know that's how it feels and you, and you see the change, why not stay chasing after the light? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm, and I'm done right here. Here's the thing about the light. It never leaves, right? But you keep pursuing it. You keep praying. You keep reading your word. Jesus, you keep, you pray without ceasing. It's in the Bible. So you keep on pursuing that light. Because here's why you have to keep pursuing the light. Because darkness, the enemy, once, you, once he realizes, oh, you've seen the light, he really wants you now. So you got to keep pursuing that light because darkness is going to keep pursuing you. And here's the thing. Satan already knows what's going to happen. He knows all that. He, he, so, so what he's trying to do to you once, once you, once, once the enemy sees that you've accepted Jesus, once the enemy sees that you've seen the light and you've got the truth, he's like, oh, there's nothing I can do, but this is what I can do. I, I want to take their testimony. If I can keep them from telling somebody else about Jesus, I've done my part. So keep pursuing that light. Once that standard has been set, stay up there at that standard. Never stop pursuing Jesus because Jesus is never going to stop pursuing you. Don't spend a lifetime trying to deny grace, dodge mercy, deny his love, try to make sense of everything that's going on. Here's the thing. We can't make sense of all this stuff that's going on in the world, why people think the way they think, why people do what they do. But what we do know is that the absolute truth starts here. It ends here. And if you lean on this word and you lean on the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus, and you lean on that all the time, no matter what, that darkness that's in your life, it has to vanish. It has to. Jesus, I love you. I thank you. I thank you for just being in the midst of this service. I pray that if anybody in this place right now is dealing with any type of darkness or if they know anybody in their family that's dealing with anything, I just pray that right now that they accept your light, that they accept your love. In the name of Jesus, God, we, we love you. We understand that you didn't come to condemn us. You come to save us. And you're not going to expose us. You're going to forgive us. And no matter how dark of a place we get in, your love is that much lighter if we just say yes to you and yes to your ways. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we love you.